Hi, Michaela. Hello, Warry. <laughs> so I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever uh, deliberately trashed a voting paper in an election, like, you know, donkey voted? No. I can't stand people that do that. You have this democratic right to vote. You need to vote properly. I get very passionate about politics. Apparently so. No. You need to make a choice. You can't complain if you don't have a say in how it goes. Okay? So it doesn't matter who you just vote properly. If you need to get a lesson on how to vote, let me know. Okay. Should we move on now? <laughs> Welcome to the Tradies Business Show. Helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership. So you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. So welcome back to the Tradies Business Show. And g'day to all the people who have donkey voted before and trashed a ballot paper. Uh, apparently, you're doing the wrong thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yes, g'day listeners. My name's Warwick and I'm joined by my co-host, Michaela. Michaela. Hi, Michaela. Uh, when is the next election, by the way? Oh, look, I'm very excited. Okay, he's a nerd in me coming out. I love the American election even more. And so that's next year, but it's already started. It's like 18 months. You love a good popularity contest, don't you? Yeah. And how money makes power and how Mm. one slip up can just unravel a government. We should make a rule on this show that we don't talk about religion, (laughs) politics or sex. Because I reckon it's just, they're three topics (laughs) that we just shouldn't go there. Anyway, uh, we have we have another cool guest on the show. I always say we've got a cool guest, we've got an amazing guest. No, nah, because we're going to have guests, a rubbish guest, aren't we? Yeah, all our guests have been fantastic. And I have to say, you know, after doing more than 50 episodes, I can't honestly say that we've had a crap guest, except for the ones we didn't actually air. All the ones where we just had at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where you interviewed me. They were awesome. Um, anyway, today's guest is talking about food. So... Uh, but he's talking about more than that. So we're, we're joined by Ronsley Vars from the podcast Bond Appetit. And if you haven't checked it out, um, it's a great show. He has some great high-performing entrepreneurs and foodies that he talks to. But it's about more than just food. It's about what impact it has on our lives and our performance and our goals and everything else. And today's interview, uh, maybe we go off on a couple of tangents and uh, talk about some philosophical issues and uh, and a bit of philanthropy as well, so a bit of giving, uh, which I, I know I think is a really important part of uh, building a great business. So, yeah, really good discussions today. Yeah, and he shares a great story about what's happened to a business that he ran and how overnight your whole business can just disappear oh. from you. So it's a great sto- – well, it's, it's a terrible story, but it's a good mm, lesson. Very powerful, yeah. Yeah, it's a great lesson and, and see how he came back from that and how he's now making a change really in the world. And you'll notice uh, – and I've I've deliberately left it in in the uh, editing room. It didn't end up on the cutting room floor. There's a kind of a big pause at the end of one of Ronsley's stories because I, Michaela and I were literally in the studio here. It's like, what do you say after that? So uh, enjoy. Um, great chat with Ronsley. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you at the other end. And welcome to another episode of the Tradies Business Show. Uh, listeners, we have a treat for you today, and I don't mean a chocolate bar. There's it's a, not there'll, sweet. There'll be none of that. <laughs> um, although, you know, you could say that this guy's pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> sweet sweet sounding. voice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're really uh, excited to have Ronsley Vars, uh, the host of the Bond Appetit podcast, joining us on the show today. But he's so much more than that. 
so Ronzi, why don't I let you actually do your own intro, mate, and do a good job of it. Uh, welcome to the show, first of all, and um, tell us a bit about yourself. First of all, I'm chocolate. So, <laughs> so you are trick. sweet. Secondly, w- why should I do your job? You've got two hosts. You guys should introduce me. Because I'm, I'm a podcaster and I'm lazy. And <laughs> <laughs> we don't do work. We just, no, we just talk crap on a microphone, mate. Thank you for having me on your show. This is a, this is a huge privilege. Um, so I am the host of the Bon Appetit podcast, and uh, we've been going for just over nine, ten months. We started on the 18th of June. We've uh, managed to get a whole uh, bunch of people onto the show that were kind of cool, and we talk about entrepreneurship and food and the success that uh, food and fuel that put, you put into your body and um, and how you get success out of that through um, through uh, your performance. Um, I do a whole bunch of other things as well. Um, I've got um, I've got a a business called the Broadcast Your Message, and it's all about teaching people how to podcast and create their own platforms. We um, we've got a really cool team member in the house, Michaela Clark, who is uh, is part of a bigger bigger project that we're on. Uh, it's called Podcast Revolution. It's the first summit uh, in the Southern Hemisphere on podcasting. It's happening at the end of the year. Hey, Ronsley. Ronsley, sorry, mate. Can you not help Michaela swell her head any bigger than it already is? <laughs> I, I can't help it. I thought if she's in the land of the fairies, I might as well assist. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yes, there is another man in my life besides you, Warwick. <laughs> Here we go. How many exactly? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, keep going, Ronsley, please. <laughs> I mean, I thought, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, and uh, and I got a I got a charity called uh, Eat for Two, which is all about uh, giving back. For every every meal we prepare here in Australia, we feed a child or an old person in need in India, and we're getting uh, it's getting cut kind of out of control. So we've partnered with B1G1 uh, a couple of months ago because um, we wanted to make a bigger impact. So that's what I do. Um, what do you guys do? <laughs> we, I said, mate, not very much. But can one you... one other thing, I think, Ronzi, you haven't said it about uh, you're a, you're a personal chef as well, um, I believe, as part of your your business, and the best meal I've ever had you cooked. I haven't probably told you this. No. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I will never forget those little beef things you made at uh, a networking <laughs> night we went to see. I'm not the foodie in this relationship, no. but oh my god, they were delicious. The little beef thingies. Yeah, I wanna... they were part of that. He did this amazing seven course networking dinner that was um, the seven deadly sins. So, oh yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. So each um, each course had a theme, and yeah. uh, it was the the beef things. The, the beef, beef things. The beef things. There you go, Ronsley. Can you make the beef things when I come around to your place for dinner? Man? Hey, in my household, that is that is dirty, man. <laughs> the beef things mean something entirely. Yeah, and and we already established. Uh, we've chatted before, listeners. So, um, in case you're not sure which podcast you're listening to, this is the Tradies Business Show. Uh, but uh, Ronsley and I have chatted before on his show, and um, yes, we did establish that we are both married. Uh, even though, you know, some people are perhaps a little confused. Uh, mate, tell us a bit about your backstory. I'm, I'm curious to know, and I'm sure some of our listeners as well, is how, how did you, uh, you know, I guess get into food and, and also the podcast as well? Like, Give us some of the backstory that leads up to that. Wow. How much time do you have? Oh, as uh, much as uh, you need, mate. 
<laughs> All right, backstory. I've got um, so I did my bachelor's in computer engineering. Um, I I um, I had a my um, that my dad has a very successful business uh, in India, and he thought that you know he has uh, his firstborn would, would take over, and I had other plans. Um, <laughs> I just didn't want it. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> myself as um, as. Uh, I was taking over because I was always known as, you know, Richard's son and I wanted to be Ronsley. So at 16, I decided I'm out of here. Um, and I did my bachelor's in computer engineering and I worked in India for a little bit. And I realized that, the, you know, I couldn't necessarily work in that culture because it was always about um, the hierarchy. You know, when what they told us to do, we were supposed to do. And, and that was it. And I was just I was losing my mind. So I thought. All right, how do how do I get out of here? And I looked at my options, and I applied to a, a couple of places uh, in the states and and uh, in 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 England. And I got into Sheffield University. This the short list was Sheffield University uh, in the UK, and it was uh, UCLA in in the states. And I w- I had my heart set on UCLA. I, I'd seen Spring Break and everything. I was like, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> nothing about the education, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Spring Break. Oh, the parties. Not at all. It had nothing to do with the education. I was like, <laughs> I'll get out of here, right? Um, and a whole bunch of universities came to Bombay from Australia to you know showcase Australian universities. So I had no intention of coming to Australia. I didn't even know um, much. So, but. But I was walking through and um, Griffith University had a prospectus of a guy and a girl on the beach. And I was like, is this university on the beach? And she said, yes. I said, on the beach. And she said, yes, it's on the beach. So sign me up. (laughs) So I came to Griffith University. (laughs) And you were at the Nathan campus where you went? And I was at the goddamn Nathan campus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so for our for our even our Australian listeners, if you don't know where Griffith Uni is in Brisbane, it's nowhere near the beach. <laughs> nowhere near the beach. Um, it's like an hour's drive from the friggin' beach. Yeah, but that's how I got to Australia. Uh, I, I signed up for a master's in software engineering. I did that. I uh, worked for the university for a couple of years, uh, teaching. And I was um, doing software quality audits, and um, then I got my. I suppose my job outside of university, and we were doing some cool shit. Uh, can I say that on the show? I don't you know. Just did, mate. Uh, yep. no, um, <laughs> uh, and, and we were we were actually doing automation. So a tractor, for example, would wake up in the morning, plow the field, and uh, come back and park itself. So it was all automated. We used to do that for you know agriculture and and defense and and in all sorts of different areas. Then. Um, they paid for an MBA, which I did down at QUT, which uh, changed the way I saw the whole world. That's still not and near the it's beach. It's not near the beach it? either, <laughs> and that's not near the beach either. Um, so, but you know, it was uh, at least I had to take the walk across the river, which was which was kind of cool. <laughs> um, and then I got offered a, a really cool job as a financial advisor. Uh, the coolest <laughs> job in the world, mate. Uh, yeah, well, that's what I thought at the time, right? Two uh, occupations I never would have thought you'd done in your past, <laughs> knowing you now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, sometimes I forget that, that, that I have a past. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've erased it from your memory. I know. Um, and, uh, and in that time, I, su- I suppose I saw, I saw an opportunity that 
I was always a foodie. I was always the guy that was invited to barbecues just because I would be the one cooking. You know, no one really. I was not there for the conversation for sure. I was just there because I was I was the guy who could cook and um, toss a good salad. Hey, not <laughs> <laughs> uh, toss a good salad has so many different meanings, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that and salad. beef things. Like, let's just keep this a family show, shall we? <laughs> for all the tradies that are listening. Way- this is way past family show, hey. <laughs> and uh, so I opened a restaurant and my idea was that uh, everyone kept asking where I was from and I, I, could, I would keep saying I'm from Goa and they were like, oh, is that in India? So you must like, you know, uh, you must like the butter chicken. And I'm like, no, it's, it's massively different. <laughs> so I decided to make a stand uh, for Goa and my people and opened a Goan restaurant, which was a mixture of Indian and Portuguese food, uh, which is so different from, I suppose, the rest of Indian uh, cuisine. And um, I did that for three and a half years. And one morning, so we did a service on the previous night. So we had the floods that went through in 2010, 2011. And um, that took a hit on the business. And we kept going. But in 2013, May 2013, uh, we did service on Saturday night. On Sunday morning, uh, I got a I got a text message from one of my staff members saying that I just went to the restaurant and this is a a, a picture of the of the um, notice that's on, on the door and it was like a, the locks had been changed and um, it was a whole massive shock to the system. So I had to let go. Um, almost immediately and um, and try something new and, and do something different but uh, that cost that uh, that whole escapade cost me about four 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 hundred and twenty seven thousand and change uh, to learn uh, some massive valuable lessons from that point I suppose I did um, I had to go and get a job uh, because I had all this, uh, I had all this debt. But not only the debt, but I had, uh, I suppose, you know, mortgage payments and all that kind of stuff. So I went and got a job, and in that time, I started to uh, get my personal chef business uh, going, which is uh, now Bond Appetit. Well, <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for sharing, man. I mean, we we were. Perhaps a little dumbstruck, actually, just uh, <laughs> hearing you share that, Ronsley. And thank you for uh, for being so open with the listeners. I mean, not to to go back and kind of dredge all that up for you, but mate, that's a pretty big lesson to yeah. to, to have to take at uh, at your age too, mate. Because you're what twenty three, <laughs> <laughs> with a voice with a voice like that, mate. You can't be more than twenty five. <laughs> you're too kind. Uh, <laughs> It was it was it was definitely a shock to the system. In fact, um, uh, we had just been married. Rochelle, my wife, and me had just got married in February. So it was, um, and we didn't have any any legal ground to stand on because uh, we had um, so we had um, a contract in place which was a three plus three plus three, but we didn't sign the the rollover after the three. So um, the the place that we were currently uh, leasing was owned by uh, a bunch of brothers and a family it was a family thing, and we don't. I, I really, to be honest, I don't know what happened. We I always had a great relationship with the landlord, but you know, um, whatever happened happened, and and um, instead of fighting it, uh, it was just better to to start start all over again. So 
that's what that's what we did. So you're locked out of your business you, you, that you've had for three years. So yep. you, you go from one day having a business and obviously plans and everything happening to the next day, nothing. <laughs> yep. How, how do you process that, mate? I mean, you recently married. I mean, how did you get through that that stage? Well, uh, to make to make things uh, a little worse, uh, my my wife was actually not in the country, so Rochelle wasn't even here at the time, and uh, but she. Luckily, she was uh, with me on Skype twenty four seven. So for two weeks, uh, so maybe maybe a week and a half, she, there was the connection. The connection on Skype was just open. Uh, I could have done, I could do whatever I had to do through the day, but she, whenever I got home, she was just there on the other end. It was weird. It was um, it was one of those things that I, I suppose got us really close. Um, and in terms of how do you process that, you go for a run. Uh, and, and you keep running until uh, like Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, much, yeah, yeah. Until it, until you decide what the next step to do is, and and that's the only thing you can do. You can do just you can just figure out what the next step is. And cool. And so, what was the next step for you after that? Well, I I I knew that uh, I had to get some money coming in. That was that was something that uh, was just you know evident. So I. I think it was three days later. I went and I got a I got a chef job at Bavarian Beer Cafe. It wasn't too difficult, so I got that <laughs> job. Um, and I was I was working there while I was sort of looking at other options. Hey. Bronsley, don't know. Uh, I was talking to myself for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, mate, if you can just pick up at, uh, got a job at the Bavarian Beer Cafe. Yeah, so, and, and that was not too difficult to get. Um, and I was kind of working there while trying to get, I suppose, a more stable uh, job in terms of, I had done a lot of stuff. And my thoughts at the time was, I could really make a restaurant successful or, or you know a hospitality establishment successful and and everyone else around me my um my parents and and everyone else were like you know you got two masters degrees for god's sake why don't you go back into software engineering and I'm like no I um I've 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 done I've spent three and a half years in hospitality and I know how difficult it is for us uh, to have a fresh food business, uh, it's always easier to uh, you know get the processed food because you even get GSD back on it because it's a product. Um, the fresh food you don't you can't get GSD back because there's no GSD on it. So and it's already pre-cut, pre-crumped, pre-cooked sometimes, and you don't have to spend any labor on it, which is the biggest bill in hospitality labor. So I I sort of had this this feeling inside me that I wanted to continue with food and I, uh, I had a very weird experience at um, the food court in Garden City where I was there just after school finished and I saw all these kids uh, exchanging some coupons for nuggets at 
um, the KFC and, and the Maccas and, and they were the only two establishments that were like chockers <laughs> as opposed to the rest which were, you know, this was sumo salad and there's a, like a kebab place and there's all these other places but those two were like packed and the, the shocking part was these kids couldn't even make it back to their table without panting and I was like something needs to be done and I don't know I've been I've been a cocky guy for a long time and I decided to do something so I knew that I wanted to get into fresh food. I knew, I knew that I wanted to be uh, involved in this fresh food scene. So I decided to get a restaurant manager's job within the fresh food scene. Didn't work out a kind of plan at all. I would have weird things happen. Um, things would just – and it was just like a sign that, you know, dude, you got to do this, do this stuff on your own. You can't really, you know, go work for someone else. And then um, – yeah, I did the KPI program, which really opened my eyes. So KPI is key person of influence for everyone listening. And that sort of really changed the way I saw things. It changed the kind of people that I hung out with, changed a whole bunch of stuff. And that that's when I started Bon Appetit and what went from strength to strength, I suppose. And here we are. I have a feeling, Ronsley, that you would be the world's worst employee, mate. I was horrible, man. <laughs> <laughs> so Mate, I, had so- no, I had no, uh, I had no regard for for I suppose authority, and I was I was really bad. I I I, I was I would be like, if I was in your place, I'd fire me. So yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. And I think that the case is true for just about every entrepreneur and most business owners as well. Like uh, the idea of working for somebody else is like death to them. So, um, mate, uh, great. Great backstory, and, and again, thank you for sharing that. Um, Bond Appetit's doing some amazing stuff. Uh, what is it like, Australia's number one um, food podcast, or, or what? What space you're in, mate? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been um, I've been quite lucky, I suppose. Uh, when I want when I when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, and I was cooking for all these high performing people. I wanted to get the word out there to a whole bunch of people that were just making it to work on an everyday basis. And I knew how important uh, people's perception of food came from their childhood. So I wanted, I suppose, the parents to kind of get into their, uh, into their, uh, onto their radar that you know food was really important as to what foods they were feeding their kids and how they were feeding their kids and in you know in, in what circumstances. So I decided to start the podcast and um, yeah, lucky enough, uh, it, it got some really good traction. We got on new and noteworthy. We got onto the front page of iTunes and um, had some pretty awesome guests on the show, um, yourself included, Mr. Warwick. Uh-huh. Thanks, mate. With with this whole food thing, and and <clears throat> we should really talk about food for at least a couple of minutes, uh, mate. How important is food in uh, I guess our lives? I mean, it's it's critical. It's a bit of a stupid question because we need to eat food, otherwise we die. But um, in terms of what sort of food we stick in our mouths, and and you know, we had an interview uh, recently with another, I guess, a foodie, um, Joy Hobbs, the founder of Paleo Cafe on the show i mean you've you've spoken to lots of people you've been involved in food for a number of years what's the deal mate do we need to worry about it or is this all just media hype <laughs> well i think um i think the media is doing a great job 
in confusing us for sure. Um, there's so much information out there. Advertising and marketing does not help. Everyone is um, sort of have their own agendas. And if you think about it, it's a vicious cycle. It's a cycle from, um, f- first of all, if we just want to step back and think about uh, food, why is food uh, a product and why is it governed by the Minister of Industries rather than the Minister of Health? So if you look at the Minister of Industries and, 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 and that ministry, for example, their biggest their, their goal is, is, is money, is profit. Uh, the Ministry for Health has, has got different goals. So why has food got to be a product and why is it that fresh food has to be labeled as fresh food rather than food? So, you know, there's, there's all these different things that are happening and, and we, have, we have food that is boxed and it, it's got just basically a whole bunch of chemicals in it and they, they stick a whole bunch of um, marketing and advertising labels, you know, high in vitamin C or fresh or antioxidants or whatever, whatever they put on it and we have the perception that we're eating healthy. And no one wants to eat unhealthy. Everyone has the greatest intentions in the world to eat really good, but they want to they make sure that, that what they're eating is getting them the results. But if you walk on the streets today, the average person doesn't look healthy. Hello? Oh, <laughs> I thought we'd lost you again, mate. Stunned <laughs> silence from the audience. <laughs> that was cathartic. I'm going um, to leave that in. <laughs> I wasn't sure where I was going with it, so I was like, "Someone help me!" <laughs> but it's such a it's such a uh, salient point, mate. Is that yeah? You just have to look around uh, to see what we look like as a as a society. Um, there's got to be something going on. I mean, you know, someone must have figured out a connection somewhere between our general state of health as a population, particularly in the developed countries, and, you know, some other input. Well, I suppose this is the problem. The problem is that in this day and age when we are finding new planets to inhabit and ruin, uh, we still have hunger and obesity on this one. And it is weird, like that we don't think that we should be addressing that. Um, we have people dying and having all sorts of illnesses just from the food that they eat. It's the high, It's the cause of the most amount of fatalities. Um, and and that, that this is the funny part. The funny part is someone getting shot in in a distant place makes the news rather than the amount of people that are suffering and dying because of the food we are consuming. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's not worthy news. I'm just saying that how we are not paying attention to the, the issues that we have right here, right now. That's such a good point when you, you, you do look at, you know, recent media coverage with things around, uh, you know, killings and murders and things like that. And it's so true, the, the situation that we have with hunger and, and then this obesity, it's, it's so hypocritical, really. Yeah, and, and, and the fact that we are passing these things on to the next generation, like how, I mean, these are the things that they're going to carry. So every time uh, they, they feel what is comfort food for them, 
they they will go back to this what they know now as 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 kids and and every single one of us our comfort food is our comfort food we will go however much we know that it's bad for us i know um matthew michaelwitz for example he's like high performing entrepreneur at the highest highest performance he does like some crazy stuff in terms of building businesses and and writing about it and touring about it and then going back and creating a bigger business um he still he still has to go back to uh mcdonald's every month because for him when he left uh poland they they had rationed food and all that kind of stuff and when he got to new zealand uh, when he was eight for him mcdonald's was this um it represented freedom and he couldn't believe that you could upsize a meal and someone would give it so <laughs> as much as he knows how bad it is he, he still has to go and 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 get his fix because it's his comfort food he feels safe he feels free so these are the things that we're passing on to our kids uh if they fall down and we give them a cookie they will always feel like if they're hurt they would want a cookie uh or something sweet and uh you know those are the kind of things that I kind of want to really make people aware of that um there's there's a massive snowball effect that's happening uh and I don't know how how many of us are aware yeah and that's the key word Ronzi is awareness uh and it's the same whether we're talking food whether we're talking marketing whether we're talking mindfulness uh getting that awareness around our own personal behaviors and i guess the impact that they have on us and our uh, results, that's the first and probably the most challenging step for any of our listeners is actually stepping back from ourselves and going, hmm, I wonder wonder if this is actually having an undesirable outcome for me. I, I think the, val- the, the value of convenience sort of outweighs the long and short-term effects uh, that we perceive food might have on us. And the fact that that we are all super busy doesn't um doesn't help and every time we sort of pass by something that's already pre-done um allows us to sort of go you know let's take that option and we'll worry about what happens le- next later yeah cuz cuz the the effect is delayed you know i can have mcdonald's today and well i can't because i'd be physically sick these days but you know i could eat something outside of what I would normally eat and maybe I feel a little bit bloated or whatever but the the health impacts and not just health but my mood and my decision making and everything like there's there's far reaching effects of this that I think most of us just don't consider um it's not going to happen in the next 5 minutes it might take 5 days 5 weeks 5 years but the cumulative effect of all of that is uh, delayed, and so you know, I get the instant gratification of the sweet treat and the sugar hit. Uh, but the the downside of that, I don't really see that show up because it's sort of that that insidious uh, creep that happens in my life. Yeah, and, and I think if we were just to pay attention as well, um, you know, we have this effect that when we eat, we feel this drowsiness come upon us maybe um, 30 minutes to 45 minutes after we eat and we have this um, we have a norm, I suppose a quote unquote normal reaction to have have a coffee or a Red Bull or something like that afterwards and we're like oh you know it's the afternoon I just ate but food is not supposed to make us drowsy food is actually supposed to give us energy um, and um, we kind of we've kind of taken the, the downside to food as in 
we eat the bad stuff. We've taken that and we've coupled that with more stuff that is really bad for us um, to make it okay. So one of the things that you do a lot on your podcast is interview high-performing, successful entrepreneurs about their journeys and their relationships with food and things like that. What have you learned from interviewing all these entrepreneurs that you find are common traits you know, amongst the ones that are really successful? Well, every single one of them um, has fixed their relationship with food. Every single one of them. And they can even... They can even trace back to a single point in their lives where they have changed uh, their relationship with food and that has had this massive snowball effect in terms of success. Um, and it is not – It is, and the second thing that I've learned is that it's not about giving up. It is not about I, I can't eat these things or I can't eat whatever. I have to eat – these things. It's not about that at all. It's the slight difference in, 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 in the statement. And the statement is profound. It is like, I choose to eat these things. And the brain does something entirely different when you say, I choose to eat these foods as opposed to, I cannot eat those foods. Um, when you say, I cannot eat those foods, your brain, uh, there's a, there's a, it's some, uh, uh, it is, um, the, 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 the idea of lack and the idea that uh, you're missing out that takes over and your uh, obnictula tells, you know, like, oh, why, why can't you have it? I need to have it. And then you, as entrepreneurs, we're stubborn. We're really stubborn. Tell us not. <laughs> like, no, I want to do it now. Yeah. Don't tell me I can't have that. I'm going to yeah. goddamn well have it. Exactly. <laughs> On the other hand, an entrepreneur is, is, is or oh, anyone in that, for that matter, but uh, entrepreneurs in it has these traits that are very very common. They get empowered by saying, "I choose not to have that," and by default, they really feel empowered to to say that. For example, I feel there are times that I go I go for periods without drinking, and I might go to this really awesome party, and it's like going off the hook, and and I'll be like, "I'm not drinking, man." Um, I've got another however many days more, but I choose not to drink. It's not like I can't. I just, and it's real. I feel great. It's weird. It's like this, <laughs> my ego gets a pat on the back. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, there's, there's that big difference. It's not about, it's not about, uh, you cannot do it or you don't want or you can't, you're, you're giving up stuff. It's about you choosing to eat better. It's very different to having, uh, the mentality that, oh, my doctor said I can't eat sugar or my wife keeps telling me not to have butter or whatever um it's exactly what you're saying so like, now i've made the choice to do this versus denying self yep absolutely it's like it's like um anything like anything that we are addicted to i i, I used to be a smoker at some and again i used to hate smoking but i used to smoke i used to i used to smoke and i used to go yuck that's horrible and <laughs> Yes, I was one of those weird smokers. And um, whenever someone would tell me, oh, you got to stop smoking, I, can't, I knew it. Like I knew I hated it. I knew it that I needed to stop, but it would not, I would not stop. But when I decided and I chose to stop, it was an entirely different effect. 
And so what I've also found with a lot of these really successful entrepreneurs is because they're eating better and, and choosing what they eat, and that is such a great example of, of getting over that fear of missing out where you actually consciously make the choice, is that they're so much more productive, they're so much more focused, so much more energy, they get more done. They're, you know, so there's all those other benefits that those entrepreneurs would have as well. Absolutely. I did, um, I did a great episode uh, recently with David Dugan. I want to say 105 or 106. Um, and 106, all- mate. <laughs> Sorry? You're 106? No, I think I was 105. <laughs> and David was 106. So David, David was 106. I got David. in before David. And David was actually on our podcast on episode 50 yeah. as well. Yeah, right. So David, um, he goes from like 4.30 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. And he's full on. Like, he seriously is like, he, he, I mean, Michaela, you and me kind of have direct interactions with him. And he is always switched on. And he is switched on primarily because he's got his, his brain sorted. He's got his food sorted. And he's got his exercise sorted, his body sorted. And, um, the, and he says he dedicates three hours in the morning to himself, which a lot of us don't. A lot of us wake up five minutes before our first appointment yeah and i know with him uh you know he meditates he journals he has gratitude and then you know looks at his exercise and food and then plans his day out and and does visualization and so here's this amazing morning routine that he's incredibly strict on um but he is definitely when you deal with him he's at such a different level than most business owners yeah but yeah and and in in September last year, I decided I decided to do the same. So I decided to wake up in the morning and do all this, and it is fantastic in terms of reward and 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 what you get back. It's like the the universe goes, oh, this is different. Uh, I'm going to give him some more stuff to do, um, and suddenly your goals become a lot different than what they were before. So what's your morning routine? My morning routine, uh, 4.30 in the morning I wake up, um, I will walk out into the, into the kitchen and I will have a 500 mil, uh, uh, milliliters of water, cold water from the fridge and I'll switch the kettle on because I don't want to stand there watching the kettle. Um, and then I'll, I'll start listening to either a podcast or an audiobook that um, I'm sort of going through at the moment and I'll do my uh, my morning toilet routine. Uh, I, this, <laughs> we've uh, got, okay, we, we get the detail. <laughs> we've, we've gone past, you know, we're, we're yeah. very close. We get the picture, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a pretty one. <laughs> hey, you know, I didn't give any more details other than that. I could be brushing my teeth. You got, um, and then I'll make myself a cup of tea. And while the tea is steeping, I will meditate uh, for between 10 and 15 minutes, sometimes 20, depending on the day. And it's usually, it's always silence. Uh, sometimes I do go into like, um, you know, the guided meditations, but, um, these days or the last couple of months have been silence and I will stretch for about 15 minutes. So I do my calves, my hamstrings. Um, I do do my thoracic because I do feel a little bit of uh, tension sitting up all day. And, and then I will I will journal, so it's it just it just takes five to seven minutes. I I write a few things in there. One is uh, three things that I'm I'm grateful for, 
I write three things that today would that would make today a success. Um, I write uh, three amazing things that happened yesterday, and uh, the last one is uh, what could I have done better yesterday? The one thing that I could have done better yesterday. And then I don't get up from my chair until I do one of those things on the list that would make today a success. And, and that's my routine. And sometimes I go for a run depending on the day uh, in between all that. But um, that's my morning routine. And have you found, how have you found that's made a difference to your, your day and your mood and your overall life? Because I know I've started meditating lately. I have a very busy mind and I have to calm it at some point in the day. And I found just even starting it for a few weeks the difference that it made in the focus and what I attracted. Because I do hear a lot of these entrepreneurs say that they couldn't be where they are without meditation. So how have you found this change to your morning routine has changed the way your your days go? Um, I have a feeling that for me, the, the, the coupling of meditation along with that journaling and, and looking for gratitude as has had profound effects. Uh, I can't say that I, I know what it's like only to meditate just by itself. Uh, but I think that after I meditate and I... See, sometimes I have a bad day like everyone else. Um, and if I'm forced to think what were the three amazing things that happen on a bad day, uh, my view and my lens of the world just changes. And I think that is really, really uh, powerful as well as having um, a clear focus for the day. And when you say, like, these are the three things that would make today a success, and you're, you're, you're guaranteed that you're going to do one of those things, it, you already feel like a success before it's like 6.30 in the morning. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it, just, it just creates this massive snowball effect that you possibly wouldn't uh, be able to get in any other way. So Ronsley, that uh, and I, I have a you know I've got a morning routine and, and invest in self as well. But yeah, so what was your morning routine this morning, Warwick? Uh, roll over, turn off <laughs> the alarm, go back to sleep for an hour and a half, wake up late, realise that I wasn't going to get to the studio on time. <laughs> so I was locked out. I had to beg to get in by someone. So thank so. you, thank you for making me human I, on the podcast, <laughs> Michaela. I just wanted to point it out. Today wasn't a good example. No, Warwick. it wasn't at all. But uh, I, I guess I wanted to, um, I suppose, raise the challenge. There, there will no doubt be tradies listening to this going, yeah, well, that's all good for you guys that live in podcast land. Uh, but what about, you know, the tradie that's up at four thirty, five o'clock to be on a job site before the sun's up, the family's still asleep, can't make breakfast, uh, you know, meditation is just like that's a pie in the sky thing. I mean, how how could a listener start to make some positive changes, Ronsley? Well, one of the things, um, see, I don't know what it's like to wake up at, at four in the morning and get to a job site, so I won't pretend... Um, to give you guys advice, but find what works for you guys. It's it's most important that you find something that works for you. And whether it is, uh, I mean, if if you can wake up at four, I I would I would want to say half an hour earlier might might not be too bad, and you just have to go to bed a lot earlier. It's all it's all a matter of perception, in my opinion. Uh, there was a time that I would never wake up before ten in the morning. And it, it, I always thought of myself as um, the guy that would get most of the stuff done at night. And again, that, that just happened to be a story that I told myself. Um, 
I would suggest definitely even getting five minutes of meditation and, and five minutes of, of writing down what you're grateful for. I think that in itself uh, will make massive, massive differences to your life. I, I guarantee that, in fact. And I, uh, I probably baited you a little bit there, mate. But uh, look, it is a, a conscious change that's required and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. And I want to come back to food as well, Ronsley, but changing some of these habits is is about, again, that becoming aware of what am I doing and what results is that are they creating for me and then actually starting to shift some of those habits. So it might be going to bed half an hour earlier and having the discipline to make that choice and getting up 30 minutes earlier to do the, the cup of tea and perhaps have something more nutritious for breakfast, maybe do a bit of journaling or something. But but it is making that conscious shift. And as you've said, mate, there's been some massive benefits for you as well. Absolutely. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, the difference is that the, the traders listening to this show, they want to make a difference. They're not the guys that would be like, you know, it's okay for you and it's okay for, for these people in, in podcast land. I don't think so. I think the fact that they're listening to this show is that they want to make improvements to their life, to their business, to the way things are done. And, and one of the things is that uh, there's always room for improvement. Uh, there is no end goal. This is not a game that you're here to win. Like you don't get to a point where like, yes, I've won. This is just the way it's going to remain. It's, it's going to be like how you're playing catch with uh, your kid. If you throw the ball too hard and the ball doesn't make it back, then you, you might have won, but that's the end of the game. It's not like that. You've got to throw it hard enough that you get the ball back and it Hopefully, it's a, it's a continual sort of never-ending game, and, and, and that's the way you should look at improvements in life and business, my opinion. So I hope that uh, tradies aren't holding on too much to change their lives with us, listening to us. <laughs> Come on. God help them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we have something of an impact. <laughs> well, our guests do anyway. Thank God for our guests, Ronsley. So, uh, mate, uh, you talked a bit about your why earlier on and uh, your association with uh, B1G1. Um, tell us a bit more about about what's driving you and, and uh, you know what's really burning inside you these days. Well, I've always said this and I've said this um, quite frequently to the people that, were, that have sort of really been around me for a long time is that we are all connected. And the f- that, 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 that if I profit, with someone else not profiting doesn't work. It, it sort of somehow, it, I don't feel good about it, but apart from that, it, it sort of really comes back to, to, to bite you in, in the backside. Um, you see what I did there? I didn't actually use the word uh, that I was supposed to yeah, use. Yeah, I know what you wanted to say. <laughs> uh, uh, but what I'm trying to get at is I think that it's the idea that we are bigger than our than our, li- than our lives, than our lives, than the the problems we create for ourselves. And when you realize that that there is more out there, I mean, we get a very sanitized version of what happens in the third world in in Australia. We get, you know, very sanitized version. We don't even know uh, when we created our charity, for example. I didn't even know. We didn't even know ourselves. In fact, we just thought that our charity would just give food. And we would drop the food off and the, and the kids would eat and, and, and everything would be fine and dandy. Um, however, when we went to our first share session, we realized that as much as the kids were grateful for the food being there, 
that was not what they were missing the most. They were missing love. And that's something we all take for granted in terms of the human interaction. There was this queue of kids wanting just to give Rochelle a hug, which was just heartbreaking. And they didn't want to touch uh, clothes. They, wa- they actually moved their hands to touch skin. They was, you could see that that's what they wanted. And what we take for granted here, we, we have no idea what happens on the other side of the planet and, and what, what they take for granted there, they don't have any idea what happens here. So the idea to get a balanced view on things is, is really important. So everything, every single project, every single business that uh, I am involved in, there is always, always a give back factor. And it doesn't have to be much at all. If you go through B1G1, it's like, seriously, they've got projects plugged in there that make it so easy for you guys to do things. That uh, And, and you, you also get a, a greater sense of, of the world around you. Yes, I know with B1G1, they have this great program where, you know, a lot of businesses they can do. So if you're a plumber for every toilet you unblock you can feed a child or you can give a sheep to someone it's very tangible Uh, and i think that's you know and people want to go to businesses that have that moral responsibility to share and give back like you do so i know that um b1g1 is a really great organization for making sure the funds actually go to the projects that you choose that you want to be a part of yep absolutely absolutely and um Again, if anyone wants an introduction um, to the founders of E1G1, please, by all means, reach out to me. And uh, the more people that create businesses in a way that, Im- that makes a greater impact, I, um, I'd love to be able to help in, in connecting them. Great stuff, mate. So uh, some more questions for you, Rosal. You're not off the hook yet. Hey, uh, do you do any home DIY, mate? <laughs> I, have, I have a very crazy story that uh, my sister keeps bringing up. That I didn't know that in Australia there were these plaster boats, right? Because I came from India and it was all brick wall. And I wanted to put up a shelf. And uh, I was living, uh, we had bought an apartment in the city and uh, we, were, <laughs> we were living there. And there were these, she came back from somewhere, I can't remember where, I think she went to university, came back. And she saw these six holes in the wall. And she's like, what happened there? And I said, well, I used a drill. I try, I try to I try to put this shelf up, but I'm not staying on anything. Like I don't know what this is. And it took me like a good three weeks to find out that the wall was hollow, and I had to get these plugs for the wall. And I was like, Oh dear. So, yes and no, <laughs> with an emphasis on don't. And I try. And uh, so this might be rough, honestly, but. Um, you in a room with a thousand tradies, what, uh, what advice would you love to give them, mate, or like a parting message? Believe in yourself and be vulnerable. Uh, be as vulnerable as you need to be. The, there's, there's enough of us hiding from um, a whole bunch of things that we think someone's going to judge us on. And it is when we are vulnerable that... Um, some amazing things happen, in my opinion. Great advice. And before we let you go, we need to plug our um, podcast uh, summit that we're doing, Ronsley, don't we? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, you guys just take over the show. That's fine. Well, of course. <laughs> so I'm sure there's a lot of tradies out there, um, but as well as small business owners that listen to the show that may be interested in um, 
being idiots like us on the airwaves and starting a podcast or learning more about how they can build their personal brand through audio. So tell us a little bit about why you're so passionate about podcasting and why you think it's so it's such an important medium going forward. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, I think if I look back and if we all look back at, at some of the biggest movements that have changed the way uh, humanity has seen certain aspects, whether it is from uh, slavery and the idea that colored skin doesn't necessarily mean you, you, you should be treated as a slave to, you know, women voting to, um, you know, right now what we're dealing with in, in, the, in the gay and lesbian sort of uh, e- equality. It always started with a speech. You can always trace it back to a point where this was this massive speech that moved people to sort of look at things differently. Um, and it is the first sense that we develop as kids in, in, in our mom's wombs where we listen to the, her voice or other people's voices. It's the first sense that we develop. So the idea that podcasting is going out there and reaching out to people in the connection economy, con- considering that we're over the industrial one and, and no one wants to do the same things over and over again, we're in this connection economy and, and where podcasting, uh, the medium is going, uh, with the ability ability to connect with people on such a deep level, listening to you and listening to your message, we decided to create the summit where it would be a movement that will allow people to create movements and mini movements of their own around passions passions that they really believe in. Um, with where podcasting is going, I think that right now there's never been a better time to start a podcast and uh and really get your message out there i i definitely feel it's probably one of the biggest mediums right now that allows someone to take their message to a bunch of people that actually want to listen to rather than you know going to a barbecue and talking about something you're really passionate about and everyone's like just please stop it you know <laughs> stop it speaking uh, from personal experience hey ronsley totally man like <laughs> i'm like they do stop talking about food please do not say anything <laughs> food uh, at the barbecue, I get this from my wife all the time. Uh, uh, we can only go if you'll not talk about food. Um, so what I'm trying to get at is we are creating this event where we'd love you to see whether if you're already on a if you already have a podcast, how to get the best leverage uh, and leverage your podcast to get it fit into your business and 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 for it to do things that you really wanted to do when it comes to money and and connections. Um, and if you don't have one, you will have enough information uh, to make uh, a very uh, informed decision on whether you should have one or not. So that's what's happening on the 7th and 8th of November uh, down at the Gold Coast in Surface Paradise. And where can we find out more? It's, uh, we are podcast. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. I, I have an <laughs> manager that uh, it, um, she has all the details, you know. <laughs> we talk a lot about hiring good people uh, and getting them around us, Ronsley, but uh, <laughs> it's taking it to a whole new level, mate. Uh, yeah, wearepodcast.com and you'll see Michaela's nice picture there. It, I think it went up today. Cool. Uh, if I'm, yep. There you go. Cool, but it's a great initiative and um, really pumped uh, that yeah, you're, uh, I guess, taking podcasting to the masses in some way, but demystifying it a little bit. I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who still don't understand the power of it, and I definitely agree that it's a incredibly powerful medium. I mean, we talk about the fact that you know, new cars are coming out with podcast apps pre-installed, so it's just such a great way, even for, for those of you listening, 
uh, if you've got a message that you, you want to share or you want to educate people, it's such an easy uh, way to do that um, and you don't have to be a genius and I'm certainly evidence of uh, how technically inept you can be and still produce a reasonable show. <laughs> <laughs> and get a great following as well. I mean, you guys have got an amazing following. I, I, I love what you're doing. It's, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Thanks, Great, mate. and thanks, Ronzi. And you are literally changing the world with your podcast. I mean, it goes all over the world. You get thousands and thousands of listeners and downloads every day. So congratulations on what you're doing, mm. and it's so good to see you're, you are actually making a change. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That's, that's cool. Thanks. So, mate, uh, how can people find out more about the man who is Ronsley Vars? Well... Um I, I don't know. Uh, Ronsley. <laughs> Invite you around for dinner. That would be where you can have the beef things and uh, what, what was the other thing you make? Salsa salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. uh, Ronsley on Twitter is, is, is the best way. And you can even connect with me on, on Facebook. I, um, I, I don't bite. And I, I, I think that people that connect with me don't bite either. So I, I, it's, an open, um, uh, it's an open sort of... Uh, profile that i have it's facebook.com slash ronsley but uh on twitter would probably be the best at ronsley awesome and that's r-o-n-s-l-e-y for our listeners mate thanks again uh fantastic to have you on the show love the work you're doing uh with the podcast bond appetite and also with b1g1 and uh and podcast revolution and looking forward to give me a chance (laughs) give me a chance looking forward to seeing podcast revolution down the gold coast in november um mate been a pleasure Thank you so much, guys. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's been a privilege. Great. Thank you. And so it was a great uh, episode from Ronsley. I hope you got a bit out of it. Maybe, maybe think about the choices that you are making in business and in your personal life. Mm. And, and I think that's a great point, Michaela, is the things that we do and you know, the food that we eat, uh, the way we run our business, they are choices and we have all these habits that I think – often we're just not aware of or we don't pay attention to and i certainly know there's habits in my life that uh i'm just not even aware of and they're getting certain results so absolutely getting some awareness around that and making a conscious choice like he said you know it's very empowering to say i choose to do this or i choose to eat that rather than uh you know i guess allowing ourselves to be washed around with the tide and letting other people make decisions for us that's it so just a quick shout out to our show supporter face-to-face training that can provide Uh, training for your employees and also yourself as a manager and there's some great government rebates that you can get back so Mm. if you qualify you can get some free Free training free training qualifications absolutely so look like a good employee and train your staff exactly i think they're giving back uh, and i love yeah giving back absolutely but i love there's a there's a quote about uh you know you can uh, not train your staff uh, sorry you can train your staff and they leave which is a lot of people's fear or you can not train your staff and they stay so you know, better to have trained staff that are actually, you know, getting great results for your business. And uh, if they leave, well, you know, that's great. You've uh, sent them on their way to go and help somebody else. But uh, uh, what could be better if it's free? And something else that, well, it's almost free is the Tradies Business Toolkit. A uh, dollar is, that's kind of free it's, these days. It kind it? of is, yeah. It's kind of free. Um, look, with the value you're going to get back, we're actually paying you to become a member. How do you like that? Oh. <laughs> but seriously, gang, it's a dollar for the first 30 days. 
tradiesbusinesstoolkit.com. If you haven't checked it out, go and have a look. There's no contracts. There's uh, there's absolutely no risk to you. For a buck, you get full access. Uh, there's monthly webinars. We've got one coming up very soon where we'll be talking about the difference between being a tradie and having a tradie business or, or being a professional trade business. Um, and there is a big difference between the two. Uh, there's a private Facebook community which is active. Uh, so there's people in there chatting about their challenges with their business. So you can jump in there and start swapping ideas with tradies from all over the country. McCann and I are checking in there every day as well. We've got templates, we've got videos, we've got all sorts of bonus content from our guests as well that you can go in and listen to extended interviews, so some of the secret backdoor footage that we've recorded, and uh, and there's a whole lot of other stuff we'll be sticking in there on a regular basis. So um, go pay your dollar, check it out. If you hate it and think it's crap, leave. Um, if you love it and stick around, it's just 10 bucks a month after that if you join before June 30. So jump on board as a foundation member. After that, the price is going up, but it'll still be amazing value, and we really want to help you as a listener to get off the tools and into true business ownership. Great. And look, I haven't run this past you, but Here we we'll, go. we'll give free hugs as well for the dollar. Free hugs. <laughs> but you have to come to us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I have said it. I said it three times on previous episodes. If you don't get value for your ten dollars and you can honestly look me in the eye and say, I didn't get value for my ten dollars a month, I'll buy you a six pack of your favourite beer and hand deliver it. Oh, very nice. And well, no, no one's taking up on the, the offer. No. <laughs> What's that say? It must be good. Excellent. There's people joining every day, so uh, don't miss out. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Tradies Business Show. Until next time. Hooray. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Wanna get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.